Nyata, hello. It's Alison here and I'm the pastor at Sanctuary and we're based on Pequorong country in Warrnambool. Today I'm reflecting on an episode when Jesus disappears into the cloud which marks the presence of God. His disciples were left gobsmacked and then a couple of strangers turned up and said, why do you stand there looking up to heaven? This Jesus will come in the same way that you saw him go. And so the disciples went back down the mountain to Jerusalem, gathered with others and devoted themselves to prayer. And you can read the full story in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. So, there he was, living and walking and eating among us. And there he was, hanging on a cross. And there he was, among us once again and explaining the scriptures and breaking bread. And then he simply disappeared. Again and again, people say that God is absent. A woman dies, her children are young. Where is God? A longed-for baby is still born. Where is God? Relationships break down, corporations rule, good soil is turned to dust, and where, where is God? Today we remember the ascension, that time when the risen Christ in the form of Jesus left his disciples once and for all. So where is God? It seems that God has left the planet, and we are left with nothing at all. And we are left with nothing because more than 2,000 years after Jesus' life on earth, many of us are still waiting for a God in a flaming chariot to come charging down from the sun, or at least a saviour to waltz in and save us. And so we stand with our hands shading our eyes, and we wait. And while we wait, things go to pieces around us. The poor are still poor, and widows are still lonely, families still break down, and we wait. Years of punitive government have entrenched generational poverty while handing out massive tax breaks to the rich, and we wait. Journalists are threatened, countries wage war, seas rise, forests are cleared, and we wait while we look to the sky seeking a saviour. Our church buildings crumble, our numbers dwindle, our faith begins to shrivel up. And every now and then we glance around and wonder where all the people are and how we'll pay the bills. And still, we wait. And there's nothing strange about this behaviour. People have been waiting for a Messiah for thousands of years. Even the first disciples stood looking up to heaven. We're in good company. And yet to stand and wait and keep on waiting is not Christian. We enact the Christian journey throughout the liturgical year. And this gazing at the sky is a teeny tiny step in this journey. But we take this step living in a post-ascension, post-Pentecost age. And so we know a thing or two. For example, we know that the first disciples were tremendously lucky. Not only did they meet the man Jesus, they weren't burdened by the tail end of Christendom. 
They didn't inherit this messy and violent history and tradition and doctrine and hierarchies and buildings and abuses and everything else. Instead, they were inventing things as they went along. So they took their history of faith and then memories of the person they had loved and then stories about the risen one they had encountered. And they wrestled with it all and prayed together and shared their meals and their lives. And all these stories and encounters and praying and sharing whizzed around in some metaphysical blender and poured out as love into the world. While the powers and principalities raged around them, while the empire exerted more and more control, they got busy loving and serving and feeding people. And as those of us who follow the lectionary have heard over the last few weeks, their lives were filled with wonders. But they didn't become this way by standing on a hillside, peering up into the sky. They weren't made powerful by passively expecting a Messiah to fix everything. People around them weren't fed and healed because everyone was waiting for Jesus' return. Instead, all these things happened when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and they responded with confidence and joy. For then the world was filled, absolutely filled, with an explosion of the presence of God. And this presence was not a sun god in golden robes. Instead, it was God poured into them and among them and through them and then out into the world as love. Ever since, groups of Jesus followers have been called to be the body of Christ bringing good news to the vulnerable and mercy for all and sharing their lives in love. And yet it seems that much of the church has missed the point. Here we are at the tail end of Christendom, a brutal era when faith was co-opted by empire. And much of the church seems more interested in conserving itself than in giving its life away. But as followers of Jesus, and living as we do at the margins of the church, we can leave this history behind, and we can do better, because the other thing we know is Pentecost. Of course, there is no doubt that we are frail and we are human. We get scared and angry and anxious, and when we gather in groups, we can intensify this, and a group of scared, angry, anxious people is a terrible thing. It's a harsh judgment just waiting to happen. It's a grabbing of resources to protect its own life. It's an embodiment of the myth of scarcity. But this is the behaviour of people who are defensive, people who are hurt, people who refuse to see the manner all around them. It's characteristic of lonely people who are aching with the pain of absence and who think that God has forgotten them. And yet, although we have heard how the Risen One ascended into heaven, we know that this is not the end of the story. We know Pentecost. And so we know that we have not been abandoned. The Spirit has been lavished upon the world and into us. And so God is with us right here, right now, and until the end of the age. And so we don't need to wait for a Messiah to save us. 
We don't need to shade our eyes and peer into the sky. We don't need to be worried about provision. And we don't need to be anxious and afraid. For when we bless and share what we already have, we find that God has given us everything that we need. With confidence and joy, we too can join in the miracle and we can embody God's presence in the world. And since God is love, there's really only one way to do this. And this is to love freely and generously and with a whole lot of self-abandon. Like the earliest disciples, we are called to be living proof that God is love and that God loves and cares for the world. Not just our friends and families, not just the people in this congregation, not just other Christians, but everyone. God loves people already, just the way they are. And it's our job to accept and embody and share that love wherever we go. So as followers of Jesus, we must turn our gaze earthwards and outwards. Even after high holy moments, they're not for us. Instead, we must walk down the mountain and share them as we turn towards other people with whom we can sing and pray and listen for the world and engage in the work of love. For it is through other people that we learn to extend ourselves for the sake of another. That is the act of love. It is through other people that God's gifts are given and shared. And it is through other people that we catch glimpses of the one that we most deeply long for. The man Jesus is gone. But in words of truth and power, in healing touch, in bread and wine and in self-giving service, we can glimpse the risen Christ, our Saviour, in others. And we see that we have not been abandoned. We are not alone. And God is with us even now through the gift and challenge of other people. So if you want to encounter your beloved Jesus, don't stand there peering into heaven. Come on down from the mountain and look around, my friends. Just look around. There's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.org. This week you'll find one way of sharing our lives in love. It's a question to the Church for Idle Hobbit, that is, the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia and Transphobia. And so to the Church I ask, is Christ the gate, or are we using human precepts to exclude people? How well are queer people integrated into the life and the service of the Church? Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters, and if you'd like to support this work and these reflections, you can make a donation via PayPal, and you'll find the details for this on the website. To those who already support us, thank you so much, and of course, if you can't, don't. <laughs> Use your money for what you need. This reflection was prepared on the lands of the Peak Warring people of the Eastern Ma Nation. It's a land which was taken by force and has never been ceded. This week, swarms of kuyung, that is, elvers or baby eels, are dappling the Merai River. The peace of the land, the waterways and skyways, be with us all. 
Amen.